You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, Lamar Jackson, we failed to mention this last night because we didn't really read too much into him not practicing on a Wednesday, but he didn't practice again today. Now, Vic Fangio, he's he's very uh, dismissive of the notion that Lamar could be in jeopardy for week four. What's your gut read on him not practicing? I think it's a back uh, two days in a row now. Was he a DNP or was he limited? I thought I, I read DNP. Okay, so he didn't practice two days in a row now. I mean, that's not great for his availability, but I'm not going to, I'm not ready to rule him out just yet. We'll have to see, obviously, tomorrow what kind of uh, participation status they list for him. If he's even limited, he's on track to play. Um, I've heard hip, I've heard back. It seems like he's ailing uh, to some extent. I just think, though, uh, it's going to take a lot for him not to play, and uh, the Broncos are going to get that lucky. But who is the Ravens? Is it Trace McSorley still? No, it's the kid from Utah, uh, Tyler Huntley. Okay. Very similar player. Obviously nowhere near as talented as Lamar, but very similar player. Yeah, I'm not sweating this too much. I do think he'll play, but it's interesting to monitor. And at least it kind of gives the Broncos a uh, a crack in the armor, so to speak. They know kind of where to target him now, where to hit him now. I think Vaughn, if Lamar plays in this game, is going to be gunning for that back. As well, you know, it was really cool to see Vaughn Miller get his uh, fourth conference recognition he was named afc defensive player of the month for september interesting distinction here zach von miller tied peyton manning and terrell davis for the most individual conference player of the month awards all time which surprises me that elway who played here 16 years didn't perhaps have more but maybe maybe i just don't know my nfl history well enough maybe that award didn't exist that far back like say in the 80s and whatnot but either way Von Miller, four sacks. He's ranked yep. currently. He's tied for third in the NFL with, with those four sacks behind Chandler Jones at the top, who has five. Von's got to be just – I mean, this dude is looking like the Von of old. Yeah. I think uh, reports of uh, Von Miller's demise were greatly exaggerated, Chad. He also has a league-leading six tackles for a loss. So coming off a season in which he didn't play at all with the ankle at an advanced age for an outside linebacker, I think like we predicted all summer, we're seeing the pre-2016 Von Miller uh, blossom for Denver. Could be it's a contract year, could be because his body's healed up after taking a year off, but we're seeing an impact off the edge. And what's more impressive, he's doing this without Bradley Chubb. Can you imagine if they were bookending each other on a full-time basis, how much more impactful Vaughn would be? But it's more impressive he's spreading his sacks out um, in between games. He's not getting them in bunches. It shows consistency uh, compared to someone like Miles Garrett, who I believe had four and a half uh, last week against, I think it was Chicago. So uh, I I think Vaughn is uh, is showing to be old Vaughn. It's only good news for the Broncos' defense. If he keeps this up, Chad, he is legitimately going to be in deep boy conversation. And that was just like uh, a wild shot in the dark for us, prediction-wise, before the season. It was like maybe a homeristic thing to say. But four sacks in three games, it's not being a homer. It's being realistic. The old Von Miller is here. 
It's the only two accolades Vaughn Miller has yet to receive as a pro defensive player of the year and individual single season sack champ. So he's in the running for both those. And this could be the year, even at the age 32, we got a super chat coming in from one of our great superstars, Sam Bam. What's good, buddy. Thank you for that generosity. We are your football priests each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And Sam says, what's up, Chad and Zach? Broncos are 3-0. and My fantasy team, 2-1. and Dude, step your game up. 2-1, and let's go. Braves about to win the NL East. Life is good. Let's make it 4-0 and on Sunday. Go Broncos. I still have never gotten over that 2012 playoff loss to the Ravens. Hashtag Wasad. What is was that? a sad night. Oh, it was a sad night. Man, I'm old. Sam, I feel you on that, dude, but I don't want to dwell on those bad vibes from 2012. The Broncos have since uh, destroyed the Ravens. I can't remember the last time. Actually, the last time we played the, the, the Broncos played the Ravens, Zach, was that second or third game of Philip Lindsay's career, and he got bounced right. from, right. like, what was not even, I mean, you could. It was ridiculous. Would, a punch in the pile going after a fumble. It's like, dude, you had to really. You had to really push it to even say that was a punch. It was more like like get off of me type thing. And exactly. The threw the flag. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets yeah, I can't really talk too much smack, though, about my fantasy team. The MHH League is the only fantasy team I'm doing this year because I'm just so tied up professionally. Uh, I know you're not in it, Chad. I'm 1-2 right now, and I'm 1-2 because I think it was Chase Wellner in Week 2 beat me by, get ready for this, not one point, point three points. Oh, point three. So that's the only reason why I'm 1-2 right now, but uh, good looks to uh, who's doing better right now, 2-1 and one or 3-0. That gum, man, that's a heartbreaker. That's a heartbreaker. Guys, before we dive fully into what's on your mind and the Mile High Mailbag, we bring you good tidings. On Facebook, as we have been inching toward the end of this month, here we are at the 30th of September, it was uh, looking a little dicey last night, Zach, when we left our great community on whether or not we were going to hit goal. But everybody came through with gusto this morning on Broncos for breakfast. Ta-da! 100% complete. We have hit the goal, which means we will indeed be raffling off this Justin Simmons jersey. And the people in the running for that jersey are the people who contributed stars to that goal. So much love and props. Thank you to each and every star on Facebook who chipped into that. Because these stars, it's a way to support what we do here 
financially. All right, we really do appreciate that. But guys, we still have the rest of tonight to go. And so what we're going to do for the rest of uh, what remains in the month of September 2021 is any stars that come in tonight on the Mile High Mailbag, they're going to count as double. Because the way it works, Zach, the more stars someone had toward the goal, the more tickets they have in the hat. So that factor is going to increase by two for tonight. You know, it's so it, y'all are really so incredible. I mean, Chad, look, our goal was 250, and we we exceeded that. It's 254. I mean, we didn't just inch over the finish line here. Y'all just uh, met the challenge head on, and whoever gets the jersey, it's very, very well deserved. We are, for what it's worth, gang, still trying to get to our goal on subscriptions. We haven't really tried to juice that, Zach, by offering any giveaways or anything, but uh, we're just shy of 50%. And subscribing on Facebook, becoming a supporter gives you access to our VIP premium podcast content on the weekend. All right. On Saturdays, you got the trickle zone and Broncos book club with yours truly Sunday. You get Kelpman's corner. Now last weekend was an anomaly because we had so much going on and people traveling in and out of Denver and all this stuff. So we had to scrap the, that programming, but it kicks back on this weekend. So if you want to sub on Facebook, it's another way to support what we're doing here. Here's the leaders. Here's how it finished. And guys, you can still continue to bolster your spot double with tonight's stars, but Mama Muti at the top, Zach, Randy Jones at two. Randy, your hat is on the way, I have confirmed. Uh, Michael Ronquillo at three. Zeus at four. Joshua Shadow at five. Travis Weber, another great. Yours as well. I checked on your hat too, Travis. Uh, at six, Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend himself. Gary, with that distinguished goat you've got going on, I think you need a dad, an MHH dad hat to kind of complete the picture. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that. At seven, Chris Hernandez, eight, Claude Riley, nine, Shane Daniels, 10, who we got the chance to meet last weekend uh, at the game. Really, really cool stuff. So thanks to everybody. And, guys, here we are again last day. There's a chance to break into the top five on on uh, YouTube. because, And we're going to grab Michaela as we show you guys this. Uh, the Super Chat rankings, the way we're doing the giveaway on the jersey uh, side on, on YouTube is the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of September. And here's your current top five. Their names go in the hat for the jersey, all right? Number one, Michaela, right here. You see her. Chris Hernandez at two. Mark Langley at three. Zeus at four. The Queen Christie at five. But look at these risers. They still are within striking distance by the end of today, Zach, for what it's worth. Ron yeah. Dub really leapfrogging a lot of people over the last couple of days. I mean, like I said before, you guys are incredible. I, I told you that to your faces last weekend at the tailgate. Some of you guys, anyway. I tell it to Chad all the time. Chad, Chad tells it to me all the time. You guys are incredible. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for everything and everything that you do. Michaela, the Dutch is jumping in, and she was like a little superstar herself. I mean, we call her a superstar. She is a superstar, but she was a superstar in the flesh at the meet and greet on Sunday. Everyone wanted to know, hey, is Michaela here? Is Michaela here? Before she arrived, and then after she had to leave, People asking, hey, where's the Duchess? Here she is now. She says, I had a dream. Broncos won 27-21, and our running backs totaled 185 yards. Can it be clairvoyance? LOL. Much love, MHH fam. Zach, you got a fan so dedicated to her team that she's literally dreaming, and her subconscious is like crank, trying to connect with the universe and whatnot and yep. like cranking out scenarios. Let's hope it's somehow like the secret deck where she can will it into existence. Yeah, I mean, like I said yesterday, if they're going to win this game, they're not going to win it uh, with Teddy Bridgewater erupting for four touchdown passes. They're more than likely going to win this game by playing ball-controlled offense and running the ball down the throat of Baltimore's defense, controlling the clock, taking 
time off the clock, leaving Lamar on the sideline, and hopefully converting those long, sustained drives into touchdowns. So 27-21 is a plausibility. The Broncos winning this game is a plausibility, but this is key. You can't have a Broncos running back getting stoned on the one-yard line. You can't have a Broncos running back fumbling the ball, uh, you know, not converting. You definitely don't want a Broncos running back getting stoned on the goal line. All right, this is bad. I know it's Denver. I know certain things are legal in that neck of the woods. Golly, Zach, in the midst of my joke, we just got a slobber knocker. I mean, whatever I have left to say is not important, Mark. That's definitely important. Thank you. Now I wow. look stoned, right? Yeah. I'm like slack jawed. Mm. Now that hit me like Melvin Gordon shot on the one yard line from CJ Mosley. I'm just like, boom. By the wow. way, Scott, we got to keep Travis Weber queued up. We're going to grab him right after this. Mark, dude. Jesus. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's the second time, Zach, in his uh, illustrious time with us at MHH <laughs> that he has hit this individual super chat record. Five hundred dollars. Five. I mean, it, I can't even reckon with that, dude. Mark, I love you. You know, uh, love Penny. She's she's the bomb. I've had a chance to talk with this man's wife on more than one occasion, and in fact, the last time I talked to Mark, little did I know I was on speakerphone, and so there was maybe one or two words that I wouldn't might you know I probably wouldn't normally say in the presence of ladies, and so Mark, you know, next time you gotta like warn me on that. You know what I'm saying? But dude, thank you so much, bro. I don't know what else to say. I, I think he's due for another off-air, you know, text message chat, our, our appreciation. Mark, nothing more that we could say that we haven't said to you already. Thank you. You are incredibly, incredibly generous, and we are so, so appreciative. Wow. By the way, dude, have you and your wife, if she cares about this, to go to the merch store, huddleuppod.com, pick out a couple of things, let us know what it is, sizes, whether it's a hat, a shirt, a hoodie, whatever it might be. We got some new designs on there, so go check it out. DM me, text me what you want. We're going to send it out to you, dude. Thank you, bro. Uh, Travis Weber, thank you for the stars, my dog. Really appreciate you. He currently hangs his hat where he lives. is in the same town that my in-laws live, which is a really cool football coincidence. He says, does Travis, looking ahead, once Dalton Reisner, Glam, uh, Graham Glasgow return, do you think they could possibly, the Broncos, shift the line <coughs> Pardon me, around except for bowls at left tackle? Zach, what are your thoughts on this? Because as we were saying last night, before you ever come to the conclusion that it's time to end the Dalton Reisner experiment, which the Broncos are nowhere close to even approaching that, you would want to try him at tackle, I think, before you officially slam the door. But, guys, if you haven't watched the breakdown or read the breakdown of Eric Trickle on Quinn Miners, I mean, it is palpable, Zach, the difference between watching him out there on Sunday going against Quinn and Williams and some of those tough Jets D linemen and Dalton Reisner thus far. I mean, how much can you really shift the line around, though? You can do Reisner. I mean, Glasgow can play center, minor center and guard, but Massey's kind of stuck at right tackle. Obviously want to leave Bowles at left tackle. And for my money, I'm leaving Cushenberry alone at center, Chad. I think he's doing pretty well, at least compared to Reisner and Glasgow. I think once they get back, uh, they're going to keep the same five together because there was some... Uh, hint. There was some hope that that uh, week one was an aberration. They're actually growing as a five, but there's a chance that one or both don't get their job back. You know, if if Quinn Miners holds down left guard, if Natani Muti holds down right guard, oh, who's to say the Broncos are going to put back either of the players they replaced? I mean, this is prime Wally Pip territory. Uh, where it could happen to a younger player in Reisner or a eleven million dollar a year veteran in Graham Glasgow. I got to tell you, I. As much as I love 
as much as I love Dalton Reisner, the guy, and like we talked about last night, the emotional firebrand, the leadership, I love that. Dude, Quinn Miners was a straight animal out there. I'm not kidding, guys. I'm not high, overhyping it. Like, he was a freaking beast, dude. And he definitely made the Jets go, yo, why is this guy, the, the dude coming in off the off the sideline in relief? Like, why have we been going against this dude and dominating him? And then the rookie comes in, yo, this dude's legit. I'm telling you. Here's, in fact, Zach, as we – and Jonathan, hold on just one second. We're going to get you, bro. Here's what Pat Shermer said on his impressions of Miner's debut. Quote, he was great. He was thrilled that he got a chance to go in at left guard. He was very comfortable there at left guard. He was rattling around and making some good blocks. I kind of like his personality. He's kind of a tough guy. He runs around and hits people. I thought he had some really good plays the other night. I anticipate, here we go uh, with Nostra Shermer here, that he'll build off that if he's forced to play this week. And, Zach, I do think he's going to play again this week. And yeah. that's my concern is he's going to play again this week. I concur with Nostra Shermer. He's going to play well. Then what do you do with Dalton Reisner? Exactly. Well, at least you don't have to worry about eating money, like in the case of Glasgow, who makes $11 million. Reisner still cost-controlled on his rookie contract. And at the very minimum, I know it'd be weird because everyone loved him, and rightfully so, in 2019, and even some parts of 2020, when it looked like he was getting better. Uh, it sounds taboo to think about replacing him or making him a backup, but the starting five, the best five, should be the starting five, Chad. And if Miners comes in and shows marked improvement between Cushenberry and, and Garrett Bowles uh, and run block, pass protection you used a third round pick on him you got to give him the job at least the opportunity to have the job jonathan appreciate you bro good to see you in the chat uh and by the way it's really weird where depending on where you're at in the country some people will say i've seen marked improvement like you just did other people i've heard say marked improvement yeah. ain't me <laughs> weird sounds right? weird yeah uh jonathan says i think we're gonna beat the ravens and steelers i'm really thinking our first loss will come from the browns Go Broncos, and you guys keep up the great work. As always, 4-0, baby. Hey, Jay Fig, appreciate that, my dog. And we, as very optimistic people ourselves, we can appreciate that game recognized game in another. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh too much. I'm more worried about Baltimore. I think Roethlisberger needs to hang it up. I think that offense is so lost right now under Matt Canada, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Canada, I don't know. Um, so I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. They have a decent defense. They've been exposed, I think, this year. Baltimore is scary to me, not because of their running game with their running backs or their defense. It's Lamar Jackson, and it's just the first true test for Denver after playing the likes of Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. This is a much different caliber of quarterback. So I'm not going to say I'm not worried about this game because the quality of opponent got a lot better a lot faster. A couple of quick hellos to uh, Albert Knoppers. Give our best to Michelle. Big Earn. We got DeAndre in the house on Facebook. Greg Smith, good to see you guys. Really appreciate you. And Michael, legendary, becoming a legend in your own right. And your hat uh, on the way as well, because I'm pretty sure we had one coming your way. But I confirmed on those tracking numbers. They are on the way, guys. Um, all right, let me see here real quick. I want to, you know, it is the mailbag. Kayaka. So here's the, here's how you know you're you're dealing with like a very kind. No, not, not, don't get me wrong. Like if you see Kiaka in person, you know like don't test this man. All right, or else you're gonna regret it. All right. But at the same time, turns out my dude is a teddy bear because 
I'm sitting next to him at the game saying his name wrong the whole time. The whole time, Zach. It's, I was calling him Kiaka. It's Kayaka. Now, he's used to hearing both, so it's probably to him it's whatevs. But that SH, you know what, IT drives me nuts that I got that wrong. So, Kayaka, dude, got your mm. Teddy program. I'll put it in the mail tomorrow. I wasn't able to get that done today, but I'll, I'll get it out to you. He left it in the, in the car. But anyway, he says, I'm calling it now. Our Broncos will be the final remaining undefeated squad come Tuesday. Denver 31, Baltimore 15. Love you guys. Hashtag Broncos country. You know, we love you too, bro. It was really fun getting to hang with you, man. Really, really was. I predict, uh, I don't know. I I usually like to save it for the round table, but I am going to predict a win, Zach. I do think Mm. the Broncos are going to surprise the NFL. I don't think it's going to be a big win in terms of, you know, multi-score margin, but I don't think this Ravens team is the juggernaut it was of yours. They're not a juggernaut, but you know what? You can say a lot of things about them, but I've come to at least appreciate John Harbaugh, and I think they're a very disciplined and well-coached team. And if the Broncos show cracks against a team like that, Chad, and if you want to take it down to Vic Fangio on that level versus John Harbaugh, it could be a long, you know, it could be a tough game for Denver. And you add in Lamar Jackson, who's a double threat, and I know the Broncos have a great defense this year. I'm just. A little wary of it. I'm going to keep my prediction for the end of the podcast, though. Theron Rucker, that's a newer name, Zach, on uh, Super Chat. Welcome. In. One of my great buddies from high school. His name was Theron as well. Uh, shout out to Theron if you're listening, bro. Hope you're doing well. This Theron, same message to you, my friend. He says, Denver 24-21. Teddy goes 17-24 for 259, two touchdowns. And Lamar throws two picks. I could see it, Zach. It's an oddly specific number, though, 259. 259, not 258. Now, hold up. Not 260. Slow your roll. 259. It's like betting a dollar and the price is right. But, you know, it sounds like it's a, it's a Teddy Bridgewater line, 259 yards, a couple touchdowns, no picks. And if they pick off Lamar Jackson twice, that's how you win this game. So I can definitely see that transpiring. By the way, shout out to Mark Johnson. Glad to see he reached out to me. He's like, I want to get... You know, and I was looking for you on Sunday, my dog. Seriously, I was like, all right, lingering before I go into the stadium. I mean, we'd had, I don't know how many hundreds of people come through, Zach, to the meet and greet. And uh, a lot. But I'd kept an eye out for a small handful of superstars who had told me, hey, and just community mavens I've known since since I started MHH back in the day. Uh, And I was keeping an eye out for you, my brother. But I didn't see it, and I'm sure you had a dang good reason. But I was really bummed because I would have liked to have met you face-to-face. Thank you for the stars. You're in the you're in you're going to have a few tickets in the hat with what uh, I understand you just threw down on star. So thank you, bro. Uh, Travis Weber, Yahoo Sports reported that Pittsburgh could take a run at Aaron Rodgers where it's looking like Roethlisberger is likely done. I see us winning 24-20 and start silencing doubters. That's about the score range I'm thinking, too. It's kind of crazy, Zach, because the big first rounders from the 24 or 2004 uh, draft class that Roethlisberger was a part of, Eli and Philip Rivers, they hung up their cleats. He's the last remaining, you know, stud quarterback from that class. So I think Father Time remains undefeated. And Ben That's has right. been so physical, right? Like he just runs around. He's always been a big ass dude and hard to take down. And like the wear and tear on his body, it really looks like Zach, it's finally caught up to him. 
Yeah, I mean, there's like that meme uh, that went around where it's like he has big, huge ice packs on every crevice of his body. That's been Big Ben's career. I think it's like you said, it finally caught up to him, and then you add in the offensive struggles, uh, the injuries there. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh at all. I want to get by this Baltimore game first before we talk about Pittsburgh. Savage Boy Kev says, I love all the haters, this is on Twitch, saying, you guys played easy teams. Literally, not one game has been remotely close lol hashtag tedham hate tedham hate but you're using the threes i think to be perfectly pc on the tedham hate hashtag my dog you got to use a five in place of the three i'm gonna need some kickback on that you guys <laughs> no i mean listen it, it, you, you it's it's indisputable to say though that the broncos played easier opponents it doesn't take away the end result it doesn't lessen the win it doesn't cheapen the win but if the, you know the giants the jaguars and the jets are not exactly the class of the nfl if they pull it off against Baltimore, everyone that's saying that will stop saying that because the Broncos beat a legit team, not an easy team. Uh, here's Andrew Baker. What's going on, bro? Good to see you. Thank you for the stars. He says, I hope Vaughn gets to Jackson like he did Cam, harassing a, like Jackson like Super Bowl 50. Even though we have a cushion, this will be the week the tides swing for media and fans. It could be, man. If the Broncos win this game, the narrative – which has been, you know what, this time around, I'll give the national media mostly some props in that they've been quite positive on Denver's 3-0 and start. Teddy's a big reason for that. He's universally loved yeah. and respected in, in media. Yeah. Uh, but th- I think when you start drilling down and you're listening to the different talk shows and podcasts where you got real analysts breaking this thing down, everyone from the national level has maintained a healthy – kind of skeptical posture on, hey, you know, wake us up when they've beaten a team that's legit. This team is legit. I, On one hand, as I, as I say, Zach, I don't think they're the juggernaut that they have the potential to be or that they've been in the, in the recent past, but this is still a high-quality playoff-caliber opponent with an elite quarterback, might be banged up, but elite nonetheless. So if they do come out of this on top, the narrative is definitely going to shift. Yeah, and I, you know, Chad, it's funny you mentioned the Teddy thing in association with the the praise that the Broncos are suddenly getting from the national media. Every like power ranking I see, or every positive bit of, of prognostication about Denver, it's associated with Teddy Bridgewater completely. It, people are ignoring Vaughn's four sacks in three games. People are ignoring how good the defense has played, and they had a shutout last week. It's all about Teddy Bridgewater because he's such a media fan favorite, and I, I'm starting to see why now. But it, it, it's kind of over the top to me and you have to wonder another quarterback quarterback in this team would they still who would get the praise for it would it be the defense or the quarterback but regardless I'm still holding firm to what I said they take down Baltimore this week and every straggler every lone hater still playing that same they played easy teams card I think those will start to come in and uh, own up to the fact that Broncos are for real Hey, Daniel, that's a newer name, throwing down some stars on Facebook. Kanye. Uh, just want to let you know, Daniel, you're at 200 stars. If you want a, a ticket in the hat for the Justin Simmons giveaway, you got to get to 500 stars. Just FYI, just so you understand the minimum qualification on that. But thank you. Welcome. Really appreciate the support, my friend. Um, okay, let me see where we're at. We're at 26 minutes. Let's keep it in the chat for a second. I do want to look at some head-to-heads. Um, let's grab Aaron here. What's up, bro? Uh he says, what's up, fellas? I th- really think Denver can win this game and make a statement. My prediction is 27-17. Let's go. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, I think, Zach, again, if I, I'm going to probably wait till tomorrow to tender like 
the official score prediction, but I'm thinking it's going to be like Broncos 23, you know, Ravens 19 or right. Broncos 24, Ravens 20, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, but I was definitely thinking when, you know, gun to my head, a 24-21 result is what I'm picturing right now. In the low 20s, kind of more of a slugfest, kind of be a, a run-oriented, slower game. And whoever has the better field goal kicker, Chad, either Justin Tucker, the new record holder, or Brandon McManus, who's been McMoney this year, could get the last laugh. Kenneth Booker, a.k.a. KB, who we got to hang out with on Sunday. It was really cool. Um, hope, uh, hope going to dinner with my old man was, you know, at least entertaining, right? Like he's, he's, he's pretty fun guy. I can vouch. (laughs) He's a cool guy. Cool cat. Pretty, pretty cool. And it was his birthday two days ago. So happy belated to, to Mr. Jensen. But, uh, KB says Alexander Johnson gets two sacks. Um, got, got two sacks last week. AJ will get two more Lamar Jackson. Uh, forced fumbles this week. So he's predicting AJ, who's coming off. If you, Eric Trickle just published another film piece. Uh, first one of the week was Quinn Miner. Second one is Alexander Johnson. And then he's got another one coming this tonight, I think, uh, breaking down Patrick Sertan week three. But anyway, AJ, in Eric's estimation, that was his best, the best game of his career, even better than Sazak, his actual NFL debut whatever that was, week five or six of 2019 where he had the pick in the end zone and was just a freaking whirling dervish against the Chargers. Yeah. So we'll see if he can sustain it. If he can do it in two, not only two weeks in a row but against a much higher quality quarterback and opponent, man, you can get – it's time to get excited about A.J. Johnson. It's time to think about signing A.J. Johnson if that happens. You know, an impending free agent might as well sign him before his value goes up anymore, his market value. But two forced fumbles on Lamar Jackson, that would mean that he sacked Lamar Jackson twice to force those fumbles or he he hit him while Lamar was uh, running. I think he's key to this game. I don't think he's going to be the spy, though, for Lamar if he does play. Uh, Lamar does. I think it would be someone like Sternod, Patrick Sertan, Simmons. Um, I think AJ would be worried about stopping the run and maybe helping in pass coverage. But great game last week, and I hope he can do it again. By the way, Scott just reminded me. Uh, so as I was saying about the 500 minimum on stars to have a ticket in the hat, tonight is doubles. So for what it's worth, Daniel, you're at 400. You're you're knocking on the door. Michaela jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. She says, Tedham hate with the threes is accurate because we love both our quarterbacks. We practice inclusion. Hey, Love it. Love it. It's all good. If only she spoke for everyone. Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of divisions still exist in Broncos country. Uh, Pal here says, I read the piece that Lance did, Lance Sanderson, on five Bron- uh, wide receivers Broncos should look at bringing in. I hope we get Kiki Kuti. How do you? I've never been able to pronounce that dude's last name. Dude. Kiki Kuti? Kuti. Uh, he could Kuti. come in and take Spencer's position, Deontay Spencer, on specials and bring speed on offense. Your take. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, we we teased Lance's article on last night's show. It published, you know, within 15 minutes of us uh, signing off. And none of the names on that list. Not this is not shade at Lance, but this is what's kind of out there right now. None of those names on the list really turned my crank, to be frank with you, including Kiki. For what it's worth, I don't know about you, Zach. No, I mean it's no, no shot to Lance at all. I just don't think George Payton wants to venture out of house. For a receiver, and he already did. I mean, he, he got, they got David Moore. 
that's the KJ Hamler replacement. And you st- again, you still have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, who, by the way, hasn't dropped a pass. I know you saw that on Twitter today from PFF. The guy is just incredible. What a safety blanket for Teddy Bridgewater after losing Judy and KJ. You also have Noah Fan, Albert O. You also have Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, and Javante. They're fine. Don't give up any capital for a veteran receiver. Mark Johnson's predicting a 28-14 Broncos win. I like it. Fernando, one of our great supporters and superstars, jumping in with a question on YouTube. He says, Teddy didn't throw a touchdown last week. Could Denver have been hiding its red zone offense for this week? Hey, Fernando, hopefully you listened to last night's show. And part of what we were saying about pump the brakes on the red zone panic and the why aren't we over 30 points a game and all this stuff is when you're handling an opponent easily by multiple scores in the margin is that vast in the second half. NFL offensive coordinators dial it back and try and grind out the clock. So I'm not worried about Teddy. Uh, not throwing a touchdown last week. Could Denver be hiding some red zone offense? Maybe. I think they still have some stuff in the hat they haven't shown, obviously, this this year. I mean, it's only three games in, but let's not get carried away. Yeah, I think it's a little too deep. I, I, I don't think it's that deep, honestly. I don't think they're hiding anything. I don't think it was gamesmanship or being intentional. It's just game flow is sometimes game flow. It, it works out in a weird way. And the Broncos came away with a blowout, shutout victory last week. And uh, they just have to improve overall, though. When they get inside the 20, they have to punch it into the end zone in order to beat these better teams. You can't eke by against a team like Baltimore. Albert wants to know, do you think Lamar is going to play because he hasn't practiced? So we grab this at the very top. I do think he's going to play. I mean, if Vic Fangio is saying he's going to play, I get it. It's not his player. He's not privy to all the injury information and all that. But if Fangio's read on the situation is I'd be stunned if it's not Lamar, I'm erring on that side. It might not be a full-strength Lamar, but even a one-arm tied behind his back Lamar is right. a legit threat to reckon with. Or a poop walk in Lamar, as we saw Monday Night Football last year, Chad. I mean, the guy, is he's pretty impervious to uh, to stress and to uh, injury. So I think he does play in this game. And until someone like Adam Schefter says he's in legit danger and legit jeopardy, uh, I think he's in a suit up on Sunday. Yes, indeed. And also to miss the chance of going head-to-head against Teddy. I mean, the legend, so much of their respective legends, at least the early part of their careers, are shared and so i don't think he's missing out on that but cottonmouth 78 what's good buddy good to see you and thank you my brother for that super chat he says justin simmons a pick six for the win that's my bold prediction he says prediction but i threw in bold because it is indeed bold justin simmons zach got his first pick last week right alongside right after i guess uh, caden stearns would that be called a walk six a walk-off pick six. I think that'd be pretty cool. Nothing can really top, though, the Will Parks, Justin Simmons, 2016 against the Saints, blocked extra point return for a touchdown. Uh, that was a one-of-a-kind ending. It always comes to mind whenever they mention Simmons in that kind of scenario. Uh, Jerry on Facebook, what's up, bro? He says, they say they can say what they want, but they best be worried if we beat they ass. <laughs> I like it, dude. I like it. Not uh, perfectly grammatically correct, but we get the point. We really do, my friend. So thank you very, very much, bro. Um, Okay, let me see here. Um, I want to do a quick update. We're a little bit past the halfway mark. So I want to show everybody where we're at on tonight for stars. These are counting as double. All right. Here is the running for tonight. Travis Weber at the top. Mark Johnson right behind him. Michael right there at three, Andrew at four, Daniel at five, 
uh, Lawrence at six and Gary at seven. Appreciate you guys. We'll do one more update on stars at the very end of the show. And remember, they count for double as far as tickets in the hat. Uh, if you've already been a contributor toward the goal and or if you're trying to get your your, your name in the hat. Uh, David, appreciate you. Thank you for that, my friend. He says, Denver Broncos for life. Let's go. Want to know again this week. Keep it focused, Zach, one game at a time. Take it by the inch, it's a cinch. By the yard, it gets hard. I never heard that before. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, one game at a time. Uh, it, it's it's easy to look past an easy team like the Jets, for example. But when you get to, and I'm not hyping up Baltimore to be what they aren't. I, I mean, they're not, a, a, to me, a, a slam dunk Super Bowl contender, but they are a more imposing team than any team the Broncos have seen with a really imposing quarterback. So, yeah, one game at a time, and uh, we'll explore this game and then the next game after this. Here we have Andrew Baker. And, uh, yes, it was really cool getting a chance to hang out with you a little bit and meet you the other day. He says, still on cloud nine after me and the fam's first game was a shutout. There's your lucky charm right there. First game for Andrew, first game for um, Albert and his wife, Michelle. And meeting y'all, I might be in space with Zebulon <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I don't know what happened T- to Zebulon. Tell him we said what's up, Andrew. We if miss you him. run into him, check the, the home planet of the Klingons. Last I heard. He's chasing like a bounty or something like he's I think he's got his own contest. He's running against Boba Fett or something for most skins on the wall. Bounty hunters. I don't know. I'm trying to, uh, you know, do my best there. But Zebulon, we do miss Zebulon. All right, Zach, let's uh, for a second here. Let's look at some of these distinctions real quick. And then we'll do the head to head. All right. Uh, Denver owns a five and one all time regular season home record versus the Ravens including five consecutive home victories dating back to 05. And, of course, Zach, that doesn't count playoffs. I was thinking that. (laughs) Um, All right, so if the Broncos win, they will start a season 4-0 for the eighth time in franchise history and for the first time since 2016. The problem is in 2016 they started 4-0, but they finished 5-7 and and missed the playoffs. So that was a bummer. couple things here let's see uh, quarterback teddy bridgewater completed at least 75 percent of his passes in the first three games joining peyton manning as the only quarterbacks in broncos history to accomplish the feat in three straight games Zach, does that blow your mind i mean yeah it's a small sample size but i what's more impressive you know obviously peyton manning was known for his completion percentage but teddy's averaging i think north of 78 percent He's completing 78% of his passes. I mean, in this day and age, Chad, it's remarkable what he's doing in that sense. I'll say that. Here's something cool. The Broncos are the first team since red zone statistics began being tracked in 95 to lead the league in red zone defense in consecutive seasons. That was Vic's first two years. Under Vic Fangio, the last three years, Denver has allowed a touchdown on only 43.6% of opponent red zone trips. That's actually phenomenal. Yeah. And a testament to Fangio for sure. Okay. Let's take a look here. What what are the Broncos, uh, what are they dealing with? Let me get this as blown up as I can. Try and. That's good. uh, All right. Um, Scooch just a hair. All right. So to remind everybody, if you're watching this for the first time, Green signifies statistically a top 10 ranking, red, bottom 10, and if it's black, it's somewhere in between. All right. Your Denver Broncos currently are tied for third in turnover margin. This is another reason, Zach, 
why they have kind of easily gotten out to a three and zero start. Yeah, they have taken the ball away three times more than they've given it. Only two giveaways: the Albert O fumble and the Pookie fumble. That's it. Meanwhile, the Ravens, Zach, as you can see there, they're minus two in turnover differential. Another reason why they have kind of not been the juggernaut of of old. Yeah, I, I'm going to repeat, repeat my comment I made last week. The Broncos are taking the ball away, not giving it away, and holding on to it when they have it. Those are three recipes for success, and that's three reasons why, as you see there, they're 3-0. and All right, look at this, though, man. This just, I love this. Time of possession, Broncos leading the NFL, 36 and 36. All right, they're possessing the ball of a, if you look at the pie, uh, you know, 60 minutes of football as a pie chart. They own 36 minutes of those 60 minutes. I mean, it's pretty significant, more than half. Meanwhile, the Ravens, they're no slouches themselves in that department, but they're technically just outside the top 10 at 12, averaging 30 minutes per game in uh, possession. Um, and But that's, you know, if you can, Zach, 424. parlay that uh, model into this game, possess the ball 36 minutes to, you know, Baltimore's 24, that is a model for success against a team like this. You want to keep Lamar on the sideline. Yeah, I don't subscribe to the the theory that some people parrot that time of possession is the most useless stat in football. I mean, overall, you can hold the ball and still lose, but it's holding the ball in crucial situations. Late game, if you want to move the chains, if you want to keep a quarterback off the field, like in Lamar Jackson's case, T.O.P. comes in handy. So the fact that Broncos are in distinct green there, I think bodes well for what they want to do on offense. All right, let's look at the offenses. All right, we'll start with the Ravens. They are currently the fourth-ranked offense in net yards per game, averaging 425, basically, per game. They are the fifth-ranked offense in yards per play, averaging 6.64 points per game. They're just outside the top 10 at 11, averaging 27. So they're averaging a full two points more than Denver per game. Rushing, they are the number one shocker, number one rushing offense in the league averaging 185.3 per game. But the Broncos, as you can see comparatively, are no slouches in this department, despite some of the uh, perception that we haven't seen the Broncos establish the run. They're top 10 right now, rushing offense, averaging 127.3 yards per game. And then you kind of get down here into the passing statistics, Zach. And Lamar, I don't know if it's the injury. I don't know if it's that offensive line, his help. I don't know what it is, but they're literally middle of the pack. They're currently ranked 18th net passing. Meanwhile, Teddy at 12, all right, still haven't been picked off. Meanwhile, Lamar's been picked off thrice. Uh, the Broncos have lost those two fumbles, same with the Ravens too. Uh, and Denver's only two giveaways ranks them for the third fewest in the NFL through three games. But the giveaways, look at this, man, for the Ravens. I mean, their giveaways and their sacks allowed have them in the bottom, you know, five, six, seven teams in the league. Eight times Lamar Jackson, we talked about this last night, eight times Lamar's been sacked. Teddy, just right behind him, been sacked seven times and honestly should probably be ten. Like Teddy squirted out of two or three that he probably should have been sacked on, but he managed to elude those rushers. But what's your takeaway here? And then we'll get to the third down red zone. Well, I, you know, Shane Daniels is saying here, I, he thinks the game comes down to defensive play and who wins the turnover battle. I'm going to add one more note to that. The better rushing attack, I think, is going to win this game. These are two teams that like to run the football and run the football really well. And it's impressive that Baltimore is, is number one, correct? And averaging that amount of yards, doing so after losing J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and... Uh, 
I forget who else. But, it, you know, it's, it's a testament to Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, what they're doing there. Um, the Broncos, though, they have to get better in the red zone. They have to get better on third down. To beat a team like Baltimore that can score at any time on the ground or through the air, you've got to convert drives into six points, not three points. That's my takeaway for the game. All right, let's get down to some uncomfortable truths here, and that is the Broncos' rather poor performance on third down and in the red zone. Currently, the Broncos are ranked 24th in third down percentage, converting just 35% of their tries. I mean, that's terrible. That's not a winning model. All right, and look, they've played a couple of defenses that are much stiffer than their team's overall record would have you believe. But still, Zach, that number's got to be – you got to bump that number up into the 40s at the very least. And over here, I mean, if you can get to 50, I mean, golly, you're going to be a juggernaut. But the good news is the Ravens are even worse on third down, which is a bit of a surprise. All right. They're ranked 30th at converting just 30%. And then in the red zone, we've talked about this, the problem the Broncos have had there. There's also a few distinctions that artificially kind of tilt this number. All right. But nevertheless, the Broncos are ranked 26 in red zone. But the Ravens, man, when they get inside the 20. That's what I'm saying. They be punching it in, dude. 87% of their red zone trips, touchdowns. I mean, it's over double what the Broncos are doing. And that's kind of my point here. If they're going to get seven, you have to match their seven. You're not going to win this game with field goals unless your defense just completely plays lights out game of the season against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And uh, with their rushing attack and what they want to do on offense and the dual threat capabilities, that's tough. 26 to third. That's a big, big uh, paradigm shift there. Yep. All right, let's look at the defense here. Look at all this green for your Denver Broncos. Wow. I mean, isn't it beautiful? Well, it's beautiful. I second, mean, second, first, second, third, fourth. There. Let me just tell you this, gang. There, there are exactly two statistics of the most uh, prioritized, anyway, the top most cherished defensive statistics. There are only two in which your Denver Broncos are not ranked top 10. Fumble recoveries, they're 14th with just one, all right? And then third down percentage, they're middle of the road, 15th. Um, everything else, I mean, red zone, they're number one. Sacks, they're top ten. Takeaways, uh, seventh. Uh, interceptions, fourth. Net passing, third. Net rushing, look at that. They're allowing only 59.3 yards per game. So, Zach, considering you're going against the second-ranked rushing defense versus the first-ranked offense on the ground, it's a quintessential, you know, unstoppable force meeting, immovable object. I think I got that backwards, but you get my point. Yeah, to me, it's more impressive, the yards per play and points per game. When you talk about rushing, what running backs have the Broncos really faced that's imposing? I mean, Michael Carter, a returning Saquon Barkley, or, you know, uh, James Robinson, who wasn't used correctly in Jacksonville. I think that's a little deceiving, but it's so encouraging. They don't have any red on defense. It's pretty much all green there. And not only that, it's all green within the top five, pretty much. So uh, no complaints at all what the Broncos are doing on defense. It's uh that talent coming to roost and, and merging with the scheme that Fangio set in place. I can't, I mean, obviously getting a shutout through and, and having that count toward a three-game sample size as far as the law of averages goes, you know, that that's a number that's going to change as time marches on. But, Zach, averaging less than 10 points per game to an opponent in this league, I know you've gone against two rookies, and a guy that's, you know, basically in his third year, trash, fumbling <laughs> around. But still, that's a freaking impressive number. Yeah. 8.7 points per game. 
Uh, but the Ravens, let's take a quick look. Net yards, 24th. Yards per play, 27th. Points per game, they're allowing a whopping 28.3. This tells you, like, Teddy Bridgewater tipped his cap to the veterans on the Baltimore Ravens defense. And I want to say there's eight guys, seven or eight guys that are 30 years old uh, or older on the Ravens D. So there's a lot of veteran experience on that side of the ball, but it's coming out in the wash in the opposite way. Teddy said, look, what the Ravens do is they play disciplined. They're very heady. They're smart. And they, they, they just try and wait you out. They want you to be the one to beat yourself, to make the mistake. So if the Broncos can just play disciplined, play smart, be efficient in the key moments like third down and red zone, I don't think the Ravens have the horses, Zach, on defense to really stop them. Well, through the air, I think you're right about that, Chad. But look, I mean, the Ravens aren't doing many things right on defense. But exactly, what's one thing they're doing right there? That's rushing defense. And that's the way, to me, the Broncos win this game. I mean, it'd be great if Teddy could erupt for a four-touchdown performance over 300 yards and kind of take the game by charge. But I think they're going to lean on Javante a lot and Melvin Gordon a lot. And if the Ravens are shutting down the rushing attack and forcing uh, Teddy to beat them, and if, especially if Teddy's down 10, 14 points, that's where the Broncos are thrown off their game plan, and they're going to have to go into a different mode that we haven't seen this year. Tough to predict. So aside from rushing yards allowed, the only other top 10 stat here for the Ravens is third down percentage. They're ranked eighth, relinquishing touchdowns on only 35% of their opponent's trips inside the red zone. So there's, uh, I mean, we could look at special teams, but we don't want to put people to sleep, you know. Um, that's it, it. That's your head to head comparison. Well, interesting footnote, though. I think um, the Ravens were, they had the third best red zone offense, and the Broncos have the first best red zone defense. It's battle of the, uh, the wills in this game. Most definitely. Um, Savage Boy Kev wants to know are these notes confidential or can I find them on a site? I'm not sure if you can find them. The Broncos send these to us, their PR department. I don't know if they're out there. Um, but you know what? What's open to everybody is profootballreference.com. They have a lot of these stats, and you, you might have to search around a little bit and whatnot, but they're there, my friend. Um, okay, let me get back to the chat. We only have a few more minutes remaining. Um, all right, let me see here. Stand by, guys. Michaela, wow, the Jags are hurting the Bengals. See, I try. I, I turn off the games when we're live on a Thursday night or a Sunday night, and it's I, I turn it off most of the time. Um, so that's surprising to me, Zach, considering that Joe Burrow has looked pretty decent in his return from that ACL. Yeah, I actually have the game on. I usually turn them off too, but I have some players uh, in fantasy that are playing. Uh, Joe Burrow – I don't know what the Bengals are doing. They have to get that man some offensive line help. He's still running for his life, and I just can't for the life of me. You take a guy number one overall, you're supposed to do everything in your power so he doesn't end up like uh, David Carr. And so far, after a knee knee injury, season-hitting knee injury as a rookie, he's still running for his life. It's sad to see because that Bengals offense at receiver and running back, they have some talent for sure. Steve Lazuski, appreciate you, my friend. He says, I'm going to my first game. Just got tickets to the Lions. Wish it could have been a meet and greet. So what is that, Zach? Week 14, I want to say, that the Lions, Broncos. So that's cool, man. You got a little time to wait, but good things come to those who show a little patience. Am I right? That's probably the now the easiest game left on the Broncos schedule as we can predict it currently. 
Savage Boy says, Chat, was Chad and Zach, were they the lucky charm for the Broncos <laughs> shutout? You bet your ass. I was telling Kayaka when we were walking out of the stadium, heading for the gut reaction to get set up and everything, I said, you know, every game I've ever personally attended, the Broncos have won. So for what it's worth, causation, correlation doesn't always line up perfectly. I get that. But there's there's a little something something there, I think. I mean, one MHH meetup, one victory. I don't believe in coincidence, Chad. All right, guys, it is about time for us to uh, bid you all a good evening. Thank you, Travis. Um, He says, thank you all who take their time to do the podcast and write their articles. Nick, Scott, Lance, Eric, Chad, Zach, Luke. I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. If I did, apologies. Thank you, guys. Mile high salute. Most deaf. I'll give a shout out to Mike Evans, who another great guy we were able to meet. Uh, He he and uh, KB, two former community members, you know, they're listeners of the show and Super Chat Superstar supporting us active every single night. And we brought them in on staff. It was great meeting them. A shout out to Keith Cummings across the pond. I mean, he cranks out a lot of articles for us and uh, works his tail off. Bob Morris, our cap guy. Uh, Thomas Hall, who we got to meet as well. Our kind of analytics and Hall of Fame guru guy that gives us the insight on that. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of people to shout out. Um, <laughs> uh, don't worry about that, my friend. Don't worry about season tickets. All right, what's that last super chat from uh, Plum Bob? He says, I'm going to be there Sunday, flying in from Cali. Wish I could have met you guys. Hey, man, that won't be the only time we do the meet and greet. I mean, it was a stunning, rocking success, and we had a blast. It was a little bit stressful organizing it and executing it um, because we chose to do content, and we're going to do that again. We learned a lot about, you know, hey, next time we do do one of these, uh, as it applies to content, some of the – do's and don'ts that we want to do and make it a little bit better next time. But either way, um, there will be more opportunities, my friends. So don't you worry. And we appreciate you plum Bob. It sounds like a new name. I don't recognize that name. So welcome to the fray. Yep. Appreciate you, Zach. I'm going to pull up. If you want to go through our final rundown here, yes, I'm going to pull up uh, the final stars and we'll dip on out. And as you were talking, Joe Burrow sacked again. So it's, it's just, you, know, you hate to see it. I mean, I wish they get him an offensive line, but uh, that was the huddle up pod for, uh, tonight, the Mile High Mailbag for the week. This is the last pod until right after the game. The gut reaction will come at you after the Broncos-Ravens game. But in the meantime, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hat. Trucker hat, dad hat, get yourself a hoodie for the fall and winter coming up. Get yourself a coffee cup to put nice hot cocoa in for fall and winter coming up. Everything and anything is in that store. Be sure to check it out. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Become a supporter today. Big blue button. Uh, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone every weekend. Uh, VIP content. We look forward to seeing you there. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some after aforementioned swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And on that note, guys, so Sunday night for the uh, gut reaction, we will do the uh, drawing for the Stars jersey and the Super Chat jersey, all right, the Justin Simmons jersey. We will also do the drawing for the people who left those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, 
uh, for uh, MHH hat. All right. So make sure you tune in for that gang. Appreciate each and every one of you who do uh, take our calls to action to heart. When we ask for your help on something like giving us the five stars on Apple, you take the time you go do that. And a lot of people, they're not even listening on Apple. They're with us in the chat live, but they go do that to help out their football priests. And we do appreciate that. And one last thing, Broncos for breakfast mug coming down the pike. It'll be in the merch store by the time Nick and Scott do their next show Tuesday morning. So be ready for that. Uh, Here's how we finished. These are double value. Uh, for tonight, these stars, Travis Weber at the top with over 4,000. Same with Mark Johnson. Wow, Mark, you you jumped in with a plum, my friend. Uh, Shane Daniels, 1,200. David, oh, you've, you're, you've qualified, uh, qualified and then some, my brother. Michael, Andrew Baker, Dan, uh, Daniel Kenya, Kenya? Uh, Lawrence, Colby, Steve, Gary Leeds Palmer. Love and appreciate each and every one of you. And as Zach said, you know, don't don't miss for those of you who are are paying supporters on Facebook. Content coming Saturday, content coming Sunday pregame, and then we'll be back for the uh, gut reaction. And then don't forget Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, and then Mile High Insiders Saturday night. Uh, Savage Boy, I'm gonna keep you in suspense as to the winner of this game. Be sure to check out the roundtable prediction article coming soon. I'm gonna give you my score prediction. I'm gonna leave out the winner. 24-21 field goal game between two of the best field goal kickers in the business. We appreciate you checking out the store, Steve, and getting a mug. But that was the Huddle Up Podcast, guys. Until we see you guys next time for the gut reaction, take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.